Right. Um, so let's let's get into this word. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter chapter thirteen. I am not off topic with the spirit of poverty. Um, I'm just giving you the other side of the river. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. So let's leave this where we are, in the thinking and the attitude of poverty, but let's journey into another place. Okay. Verses 5. Examine. I think it's a little bit too loud, um, Esmeralda. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Okay. Examine whether you are in the faith. Okay. Um, test, prove, scrutinize, check yourself. Um, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be disqualified. New King James. Um, old King James says reprobates. Right? Disqualified. So, in the context of the verse, a gospel that does not bring to you the understanding or hides the understanding from you that Jesus Christ is in you could be a faith that is wrong. Read it there. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Don't you know? He's in you. (laughs) Right? So, he came to bring the gospel of himself in us. That's what he came to do. It was his goal. Right? And so, a gospel that, that teaches many things, but, nev- but never brings you to the understanding of that, right? could be a message that is not of our faith. Right? Um, so, we, we are looking at this thing of the father-son relationship, the doctrine of Christ, okay? And um, as we look at that, we, we are trying to establish this relationship, you know, say it in many different ways so that it becomes a reality, okay? So it becomes, um, you know, a conviction, an understanding, right? Um, because the understanding and the consistent um, repetition of it in different ways, it, it brings assurance. Assurance brings that confidence and faith to walk in that reality. Okay? So therefore, the, the need to say it over and over in different ways. Right? So let's go to, let's go to John chapter 14. Okay, verses 1. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So if there was no mansions, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go... And prepare a place for you. 
I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Right? And the way I am going, or which is this one? Let me read the New King James. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he's, he's, the reason he's going is to what? So that where I am, there you may be also. I am going to the Father, so that where I am, where am I now? I am in the Father, the Father is in me. So I go. You know? Did you get As the private fellowship. Right? Okay, okay. So where I go, you know. And the way you know. He is going so that where he presently is, we could be also. Right? And, and, Firstly, the first house was Jesus. He went to make more room. He went to make the body a many-membered body. Enlarge the house. Right? But we'll, we'll come back to this verse 4 now. But just read verses, verses 8. He says, Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and, and it is sufficient for us. Next one. <clears throat> Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Remember, nobody knows the Father except the Son. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? I want, I want you, I, I am going so that where I am, you may be also. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Right? So, so he wants us to be where he is. So that where I am, you may be also. Right? So, um, now he says, I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. I need to go. Because if I don't go, I cannot take you to where I am. So, it's good for me to go. It is to your benefit that I go. Because the faith in me will make you an overcomer. Right? It will make you an over overcomer. What is the faith that makes us... Who is he who is an overcomer? He who believes 
that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, Christ dwelling in flesh. Right? And so, when Peter said, when Peter said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, bear in mind to say that you are Christ, right? And then to say that you are the Son of the living God, in the Son is who? The Father. So, Christ is Father and Son. Paul says, Christ is in you. Who's in you? Father and Son. Alright? And the Bible then also says, we are in Christ. So, are we in the Father and the Son? Yes. Right? So, Paul's message was not new. Jesus was preaching it. They were further, Paul gave further emphasis to it. You know, they, in, the, in the Bible, when you're interpreting Bible, there's what they call the emphatic mention. Emphatic mention means there's a portion in the, in the Bible where, if, where this chapter, there's not all over in this one chapter or two chapters. They give emphatic explanation of this one subject. Like tongues. Tongues you won't find, oh, you know, all over the Bible. The most it speaks about it is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, that's the most, that's an emphatic mention. It's the focus, right? But, so, Paul kind of came and gave more, greater explanation to what Jesus was already saying. Okay? So, the, so he needed to go, right? Not to build for us a physical, literal house that we could retire in. No. He came, he went to the Father so that he could bring us into him. So, when, so let's go back to verses 4 again. Of chapter 14. <clears throat> he says, Where I go, you know, and the way you know. So they were confused about, um, he says, You already know the way that I'm going, how to get there, and so on. And you know where I'm going. Verse 5 Thomas says unto him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth. And the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So he really wanted, he was then going to the Father, but the way to the Father was Son. How is he the way? He that believes in the Son, right? The Son will be in him, and the Father in the Son will come with the Son in the sons. Right? And so, when that happens, they are, they are found the way. And they are in the Father. They are with the Father. They are there with Him. Okay? Are you, you're always in verse 7. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know Him and have seen Him. And so, this is where Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. Right? Okay. 
And so when we, when we see this thing of the Father and the Son in me, I in them, they in us, so that we may be one. So the, the question here is, did Jesus achieve that? He did. And the Bible says, how do you know that he dwells in you and you in him? By the spirit that he has given to us. Right? That's how you know that the Father is in you, the Son is in you, and that you are in them. Okay? That's how you know that. Now, now, through that, this is why Jesus said, this is why Jesus said, I must go. Why? Because if I don't go, who won't come? The Spirit. And He is the Spirit of truth. But truth is also meaning reality. And so in in, in sense, He's saying, if I don't go, the one who brings you into the reality of what I am saying will not come. Therefore, I need to go so that I can make a way for him to come. And when he comes, he will bring you into these things. So that I am in you. My father is in you. And we are in you and you are in us. So that this, by the spirit, can be a reality. Right? So, how do you know He dwells in you? By the Spirit He has given to you. Okay? So, ask the person next to you, do you have the Holy Spirit? You must answer the person. Now, if you say yes, then you must say, the Father and the Son is in me. I, we are his mansion. Right? He, we are his mansion. You will find that, right, in verses 23 of John chapter 14, verses 23. As the first song said, Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Because he's in us. Right? Um, And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, you will keep my word. Right? And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay. Thank God we're reading in... NKGV. Because if it was just KGV, it would have been a boat. <laughs> okay, okay. But this one gives us the picture. Home. Where is his home? His home is with you. Right? That's where he is. Whose home? The Father 
the Son, even the Spirit. See? So, the home. So, in the past, we, interp- we interpret that now that He is going to prepare for us a place. Right? So, that's our retirement home. One day, when we retire, you know, and then when we are finished, when we lie to the grave, then we will, we will wait for our mansion. Right? It was a, it was a song of hope. For the time when they were slaves. They longed. You know, it was, a, it was a good hope for. We are now slaves in the time of slavery. When men were made slaves, they would sing songs like, you know, where we are going to. And, the reti- and it would be a blessed hope for them. Because now I'm suffering. But there, I will walk on the streets of gold. Right? Difficult. But... He was not talking about that. His goal was to make us his home. So where is the father's house? You are the father's house. Right? Tell the person next to you. You are to collectively the father's house. And you are mansions. Because this word for home... This word for home here, this word home, abode, the Greek, they could have trans... I don't know why they, why they did that in the translations. It's the very same word for mansion. It's the very same word. I don't know why they went and changed it and made it home or abode. They could have just said, we will make our mansion with you. Right? So... His goal was to be in you, with you. And by being in you and with you, He would guarantee you victory and that you are an overcomer. By believing in Him, He has made you an overcomer because within you lies what you need to overcome. You are not, you are not, um, what's the word? An empty vessel. Poverty stricken. And the gears. So arm. Right? You're not in a spiritual state of poverty. You are in a place spiritually of wealth. Christ in you is the riches, the wealth, the abundance of God's glory in you. You are not an empty vessel. But you must learn to live by faith. Right? Faith in the one that is in you already. Because faith causes the reality of what is in you to express itself. Faith, right? Faith. So, the home, right? We are His home. We are His home. If you're looking for life, where do you look for? In Christ. 
Where is Christ? In you. The just shall live by faith. The word love means vigor. Yeah, you want spiritual vigor, life, energy, alive. You must love by faith. Right? We walk not by sight, but by faith. Right? So, what is in you, you cannot see with your physical eye. You must see it with the eye of the Spirit. And that's why the flesh, the Bible calls the flesh, a veil. So, what we see on the outside... Our faults, our mistakes, our shortcomings in the flesh is blinding us to the, to the hidden, the mystery that is within you, Christ. The wealth, the riches, the abundance, right? And... And therefore, it requires not natural sight, it requires faith and understanding. Okay? So you need revelation to open your eyes so that you can see what is within you. Okay? So, let's go back to verses um, 10 of John chapter 14. Okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Okay. Is anybody going to go with me on a journey? Hmm? Can you, is your faith going to take you on a journey with me? Okay. Verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Next one. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Okay? So basically, basically, the works that I do provide evidence that someone else lives in me. Right? The works that I do, you know, on this now, obviously, uh, this this no my washstelling mediera, you know, because, okay, we should then see works, because works provide proof, right? Proof. So works are not to show off. Works are not to entertain. Works are not actually to say, come to Jesus and he'll give you a better life. No, works are there. We preached about him. So, do you need something? And then when you, and then when you get it then, it provides proof that, that what you were preaching is true. Okay? So, um, verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. 
and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now I always thought, why does he always say you will do these works because I go to my Father? I couldn't understand that until I understood why he was going. The reason he was saying, I, because I go to the Father, and when I go to the Father, and what is the purpose of going to the Father, right? Even though the Father is in him, but he was speaking concerning his resurrection, after his resurrection, right? He was saying, that will allow that I will be in you, and you in me, right? Through the Spirit of truth. Therefore, what I now do, you can do also. Right? So this is something we have to trust the Lord for, you know, to see in this, you know, um, if we believe that He's in us, we must see it. Okay? Now, I go to my Father. Remember when Jesus rose from the dead and Mary came looking for him at the grave and he wasn't there. But she thought him to be a gardener. And then she, when she heard his voice, then she said, you know, then she realized that this is him. Then he said to Mary, go and tell the other disciples, I go to my God, your God, my father, your father. So now after he rose from the dead, he says, I'm going to the Father. Go wait for the Spirit in Jerusalem because He is going to bring the reality of what I was talking to you about. You in me, I in you, we in each other, that we may be one. Okay? Are you all with me? So, because I go to my Father. Okay. So, um, in another place, they asked him, or not actually asked him, they had a conversation with each other. And they said, what is this thing that he's talking about? I'm going, and I'm coming, even after he's explaining to them. And then Jesus says, are you speaking amongst each other? Where am I going and what is this? He said, let me tell you. I came into the world. I am now leaving it. So when he said, a little while, you see me and you won't see me again because I go to the Father. Now he says plainly, I am leaving. You are not going to see me anymore here. Right? That's in John, uh, John chapter 16 when he talks about in that day, in that day, in that day. Right? Then he says, I am leaving. I am actually leaving now. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'll be buried. I'll, be, I'll rise again. And then I will go to the Father. I will ascend. I will leave. Right? But when I leave, I will send the Spirit of the Father. Do you? Can you remember these things? Right, that's what he said. So, Going to the Father allowed, allowed the Spirit to come so that through the Spirit, the Son and the Father could be in us. 
so that we actually have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay. So, but now remember, if he has brought you into him, where did he bring you in? Where is he? He is at the right hand of the Father. Okay. So I'm now moving to where I want to be. Okay. So, he is at the right hand of the Father. And by being brought into him, we were then lifted up to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay. That's Ephesians. Uh, Let's just read that. Just so that we can, uh, just for everybody's sake, uh, that we can read it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Okay, so you're alive. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By bringing us into Christ, He has actually caused us to ascend in the Spirit and sit with Him in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. Right? Are you all with me? Okay, so go back to John chapter 14. Let's read verse 12 again so that we switch into verses 13. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Okay. So watch the next verse. And whatever you ask in my name, that that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Next verse. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay. So, what does it mean to ask in His name? Alright. So, I, I always thought, in the name of Jesus, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father. What is the name that I am looking for? What is the key to understand that? Is it me using the words or the name Jesus Christ. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would do these things. Right? And, and I've come to discover that that is not actually what he is saying. It's not the use of the name. Um, let me find a, a scripture in, in the book of Acts. Acts 19, verses, uh, verses 13. Acts 19 and verses 13. Then some of the 
itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Okay, so exorcist is someone who's driving out demons, right? Okay? And then he says, to call the name of the Lord Jesus, to use the name Jesus. We, ex- we exorcise you. In other words, we command you to God, we tell you to God, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Is it the right Jesus? Is it the right Jesus? Paul is most preaching the right Jesus. It's the right Jesus. It's not the wrong Jesus. It's the right one. Paul, the Jesus that Paul preaches, they use that name. They told the demon, basically they were saying, by Jesus whom Paul preaches, that name. Now that Jesus that Paul preaches is the one that is victorious. The Jesus that Paul preaches is the one that conquered every principality and power. He's the champion. He is victorious. He overcame everything. There is no principality or power that's not under that name, that person. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the resurrected King. Right? He. That is the right Jesus. Right? It's the right Jesus. It's not the wrong Jesus. They have the right address. Okay? It's the right address. Jesus whom Paul preaches, seeking to take authority by using the name, the words, seeking to take authority over the demon. And what was the response of, of them, in verse, of the demons in verse 14? Also there were seven sons of Sceva and Jewish priests who did so. Okay? And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? But just using the name is not enough. It's not the use of the name. It's do you find yourself in the name? It's understanding where you are more than it is the use of the name. It's understanding the position into which you have come. Are you with me? Hey, the doctrine of Christ. <laughs> I love this doctrine. Verses 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. I can tell you, unless you are in Christ, you have no authority. Unless you are in Christ, you have no authority in Him. Right? That's why if you are not in Christ... The witch doctors can curse you. That's why if you are not in Christ, they can do their spells. If you are not in Christ, the demons can and the tokolosis can visit your house. But if you are in Christ, 
you are the new ruler. You are the new ruler. Do you understand? You are the new ruler. I am in his name. Right? So, let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1. I'm setting us up for the prayer week. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1. Right? Verses 1. God who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Okay, verse 2. As in these last days spoken to us by His Son whom He appointed heir of all things through whom also He made the worlds. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of His glory the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Right? The Okay, verse 4. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So, by inheritance, he obtained a better name. Now, I mean, he is the son, he is eternal, he is before time, right? He's God. Now, how can you tell God you inherited? But you see, the way he inherited is because God became flesh. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1. And this is the generations or the genealogy of Jesus Christ. He was the son of David and the son of Abraham. In other words, in time he had an inheritance. And so he journeyed and he inherited what was spoken about him. Right? Are you all with me? Look, now the question is, he obtained a more excellent name than they. Than who? Angels. The next verse. Verse 5. For to which of the angels did he ever say? He's explaining the name. You are my son. So what is the name? Son. Right? The name is Son. Today I have begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. What is the name? Son. Okay? Right? Uh, okay, now you think like son is a name. You're thinking more like Jesus. But remember in, the, in, the, uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, let's go there. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So it's possible that you can use the name Son. If you ask anything in 
My name. What's my name? Son. If you ask anything in my name, what is the name? Because the name you must see, not from, from the place of after he rose from the dead. He says he inherited a better name. And he says, to no angel have I called this name son. No angel is a son, right? So no angels ever slept with men, the daughters of men. Because he never said to any angel, you are a son. Right? So, so the name is son. Right? Okay? Let's go to First, first Samuel. Sorry, Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 7 and verses 12. So he's speaking now to David. Now remember, Jesus Christ is who? The son of David. He's also the seed of David. And when your days are fulfilled, David, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed, referring to Christ, Jesus Christ. After you, you will, uh, who will come from your own body, from your own line, genealogy, and I will establish his kingdom. Next one. So, so wait, wait. So when Jesus comes, when God in the flesh comes, what is he to inherit? A throne and a kingdom. Inheritance. Right? He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. See, inheritance. Next verse. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And then the writer of Hebrews leaves the rest out. Because in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 1, he says, To which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And then he says, again he says, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. This verse, inheritance. He was to inherit this. You see, so what is our inheritance? Our inheritance is our adoption. Our inheritance is God. Our inheritance is our position in Him. Our inheritance is the place called Son, Sonship. Him in, him in me, I in Him, we were to inherit this. God said to Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. I reward you with myself. Right? Okay, so, so yeah, so the name is Son, right? So what he is saying, now if you go on into John chapter 16, where he says, in that day, up until this time, you have asked nothing in my name. Why? Because you couldn't. Because you weren't in the name, Son. So you couldn't ask anything in my name. But I am going so that in that day you can ask in my name. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And I say to you, in that day, you won't have to ask me, but you can ask the Father yourself. Why? Because you have come into 
father and son relationship. You have direct access through me to the father in me. If you are in me, the son, you ask from son to the father. You ask as a son to the father. Don't ask like a friend. Don't ask like a servant. Ask like a son to the father. If you are asking like a son, you are asking in the name. And if you ask in the name, my father will do it. That's the key. That's the key. Right? So, so when he was saying that, right, he was saying ask in from a position. That's what he was saying. I mean, let's, let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 18. Jesus is explaining to us the Father. The reason I'm doing this, you're thinking like poverty and no, the key is in the relationship. Because my Father sees you as worth more than birds. As worth more than the lilies of the field. How much more will He not clothe you? But I must know the Father. But I must establish that I mean Him. Right? Are you with me? Um, Luke chapter 18. It's not this one I'm looking for. I'm looking for the one with the... I'm preaching without notes, people. (laughs) The blessing of having um, uh, E-sword and my-sword. Just bear with me. Oh, Luke 11. Luke 11. Let's go there. I'm, we're talking about praying in His name. Remember? It's not saying in Jesus' name. What, what must happen is we must establish our identity. And you must pray, function from the name. Which is your identity in Him. Right? That's why, that's why, in, that's why in certain places in the, in the book of Acts, the apostles, when they did miracles, they didn't even use the name. Because it was not the name, the word. It was, they were in Him. They were, speak, they were doing it in His name. From His name. From the position in Him. That's where they were doing it from. Right? So Luke 11, right, and verses 5. Jesus is teaching them prayer. I've now discovered that we must teach prayer. Prayer is taught. 
Ons gaan nie net sê praat met die Heere nie. You, the, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. So prayer must be taught. So when you pray, where are you praying from? In his name. The name is Son. Okay? That's why, yes, I continuously got to give you the scriptures. So we must allow the scriptures to tell us what we must believe. Not what we have inherited through tradition. Right? Okay? So, Luke 11 verses 8. Sorry, I was just... By his by a duck. Okay, verses... What did I say? Five. Okay. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight saying unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. He's teaching on prayer. You're asking. What does the friend is, what is the friend asking for? Bread. He's asking for something. Right? Okay? And then look what he says. Lend me three loaves. Verse 6. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Next verse 7. And he will answer from within. Where, from where shall the friend answer? So he comes to the friend's house. Okay? Get this picture first. The friend has a house. The friend comes to his friend's house. Now he's standing in front of the door. What's he doing? Knocking. What's he doing? He's asking. These, his friend is where? Inside the house. And his friend has what? Children. So his friend is a father. Having children. And they are where? In the house. And they are sleeping. But the friend is outside the house. Asking as a friend. You see, and so the friend is asking, right? And let's let's just read it for for the sake. Verse 7, And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. Right? Remember the Bible says, Knock and it shall be opened. Okay? Okay, it's fine. And my children are with me in bed. This friend is a father. I cannot rise and give you. Verse 8. I say unto you that though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Right? Now Jesus says, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and it shall, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks receives. Right? And he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Stop right there. 
So let's get this picture. So what happens now is, this man, friend comes, asks, he's standing at the door, he knocks, he knocks, his persistence gets him what he needs. He's teaching prayer. Okay? Asks as a friend. But he's asking as a friend. So, in other words, when the identity is not established, you need persistence to get your answer. But, that is not the actual way you must ask. Because the next verse says what? If a son asks, so now what is he doing? He's doing comparison. He said, are you a friend or are you a son? If a son asks for bread from any among you, will he give him a stone? In other words, you asking for something, is God going to give you something that's going to hurt you? You're looking for bread. Would egg no clipper stand in it? He's explaining the Father to us. No one knows the Father except the Son. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Alright? Next one. And then obviously he goes into the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. I think it is. If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? So, what does that say? That says, if you ask something and you get something else, it was not your father. You asked for something, got something totally different, and then you switched it around and said, my father is testing me. He says, you're not going to get what you ask for is what you are going to get. Right? Next verse. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? How much more? Matthew, it's Matthew chapter 7, it says, How much more shall your heavenly Father not give good things to them that ask Him? You've got to ask, are you going to ask from as a friend? Because the friend knows that in his darkest hour, what must he do? He must knock, 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 knock until it comes. But a son, identity, established identity, he asks something. And you know what? In the beginning, that can be difficult because you just got to ask and then keep quiet. Because he says, do not think for much speaking, you will be heard. No, you've got to know that when you ask from your position, he will do it. So it requires faith, right? It requires that, that, that other part of the, 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 the end of the prayer. Once you finish your prayer, right? You know what? It takes faith to make a short prayer. You understand? So you must ask from your position as a son. And remember, when I'm using the word son, I'm not talking about a male. I'm not talking about a man. 
I'm talking about male and female. In Christ, there is no male or female. But there is, we are all one in Christ. But Christ is the Son. So we are Son. In Him, we are Son. So where do we ask from? We ask from the position as a Son. In Son, I ask for what I want. I must ask as a Son. It is your I. Identity. Okay? Um, just for everybody say, let's go to Galatians chapter, chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Verses 4. Verses 4. Let me show you your inheritance. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive what? The adoption as sons. So what were we to receive? Sonship. Whether male or female, you were meant to receive sonship. You are in the Son, therefore ask from the Son. So this is why the scripture said, If very verily I tell you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also greater works than he shall do, because I go unto the Father. Ask in my name. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why? Because I have brought you to the Father as a son. You are there, so ask from your position. Where are you? You are in Christ at the right hand of the Father. You are His Son. Don't ask as a friend. Ask as a son. So, okay now, let's go now. So here, when I started learning sonship, I was taught... I was taught that. You know how difficult that was in the beginning? Because I was used to all night prayers. But we need a breakthrough, let's pray whole night. Till we break through. And you got breakthroughs. Right? But then when I was taught sonship, to pray as a son to the father... I was taught, do you want something? Go sleep. In other words, take your mind off it. I know what you need. So I had to dwell in the consciousness that my father knows. Therefore, I can leave it to him because the responsibility of a father is to meet my needs. That doesn't mean you shouldn't work. Okay? That doesn't mean that. You have to work. So... But you work in the place I said to you is called rest. The father and the son relationship. From that place you ask and then you relax. But to relax was difficult. And then over time I learned to relax. And then over time I saw that in this relationship he simply met all my needs. It just happened. Can you see? I'm not off the topic. I'm not off the topic. I'm on it. Right? Just follow. Follow. Right? In that relationship. And so I learned. I, 
Sometimes the Lord said to me, go play some sport or something. Just get your mind off it. Just take your mind off it and leave it to me. Right? But if you work, you have to work. Go work. Right? And so on. And, and then I started seeing, hey, but he, the things, he's happening. It's happening. He's providing. He's taking care. He's taking care of all my needs. He's doing it. He's, he's creating opportunities. He's doing whatever. However he needs to do it for you. He does it. Because my father will meet your needs, said Jesus. Right? Uh, are you all with me? Okay? Now, so in asking, this is why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our friend. Because the friend asked the friend. But we would never say to God as friend, but we don't realize that our inner configuration is that of the friend. We are not yet asking from the son position. We are still behaving like the friend while we are calling on the name Father. So when Jesus said, when you pray, say our Father, He was saying, come like a son. Because if you say He's our, my Father, it means I'm your son. I come from you. I'm born of you. But I must understand my Father. So before that He said, it, if you... Your father already knows what you have need of before you ask him. So obviously in your mind when you pray in the name, son, as a son, to the father, you must be aware of the fact that your father already knows what you are about to ask him. That's the consciousness that must be upon you. And the awareness brings to you this. Because any father that's aware of your need is concerned with you. Did Peter not say, cast all your burdens upon him, the Lord, for he cares for you. For him to care, he must already know the burden. He must already know the pain. He must already know the burden, the struggle. He is caring for you. He is conscious of your place. You see, he's not like, oh, what you're about to say, um, what's that? Like scratching your head. Are you struggling? Are you hurting? Are you in pain? Do you have need of something? Oh, sorry, I, did, I didn't know. But thank you for telling me. No, that's not why you are praying. He knows, right? So in that, when it comes to your personal need, but then as a son, when you are in his name, you must also understand that in his name does not only mean you are son, it also means that authority is with you. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Okay? Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. I'm establishing... Something for us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Right? What is given? A son. Who did the father give? A son. 
And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Upon whose shoulder shall the government be? Son. The word govern means, government means rule. It means dominion. Government means you're exercising rule. Right? It means, and then it means you have to be a ruler yourself. Are you all with me? So where shall the government be upon? The sun. On the shoulders of who? The sun. Then verses 7. And of the increase of his? And peace there shall be no? End. So how does the government increase? So the more sons he has, the more the government is increasing. Because government rests upon the shoulder of the sun. But we are in the sun. So, you don't need to ask, you don't need to call the pastor to get rid of your tokolosi. Why? Because Jesus, when he made you a son, he made you the ruler of the tokolosi. He made you the devil's ruler. But because we are unaware of our established position in him, we function like the devil is our ruler. Government is on the shoulders of sons. How many sons do we have here? Okay. How many sons do we have here? There's only Heinke Parmin, sir. Sons. Sons. Okay. So, when you go to your home and to your workplace, the government went with you. You are the representative. Government is with you. Why? Because if you are a son, you are where? In Christ, at the right hand, seated with Him. So His government has become yours. You are the ruler. You know what that means? That means some things will never leave until you tell it to leave. Because God works through government. God works through government. That's why the Bible says, Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil. So there's some things that God... You've you got to understand the legality of that. Bible says God honors His word above His name. So what did God say to Adam? What did God say to Adam uh, or, or to man? Genesis 1.26 Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, government. Dominion, right? On the sons. And they will rule where? In the earth. So who's ruling in the earth? The sons. But when the Bible says, whenever, you know, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, and he who put all things under them excluded himself from that. 
Right? In other words, when he said, let you rule on the earth, he needed to ask you, he needed you to function in the earth. Think a little bit on scripture. Just think about it. When God wanted to deliver Israel, what did he do? He said, Moses, I have come to deliver them. Let's go. You see? And then Moses was saying, Ek is bang. Ek kan nie prati. He said, then he, like, he's now busy with him. You are. I'll, I'll give you Aaron. He'll speak to you. Come, let's go. But Lord, I'm just young. Come, I am with you. Let's go. Gideon, let's go. No. Ek kom van die kleine tribe. How can you send me? Come, I'm with you. You mighty man. How you speak like? Let's go. Come. I can't deliver them if you don't come. Let's go. Why? Because I live in you. I want to be with you. I want to function from you. I have said that if there is dominion, I will function through man. So, if we say that God is doing very little, it's because we are doing very little. If we say God is not healing, then it's because we, are not, we don't have the faith to do it. If we say that nobody is getting saved, it's because we are going to nobody and preaching to nobody. Therefore, no one is getting saved. Because the work of the Lord does not advance without you. That's why he said, you should pray, thy kingdom come. Because he's, he is a co-worker with you. The Old Testament says, the sovereign Lord. He calls himself sovereign, meaning in control, all-powerful. But then he says, does nothing. Unless he speaks to his servant, the prophet. So he's sovereign, but he works through people. So, prayer is not maybe. Prayer is necessity. Why? Because prayer, prayer is how you allow God to move. One of the ways. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You're a government. Whatever the government wants to do, those that are here, the governors, they do it through them. Do you understand? You understand your position in Him. Therefore, this is why in the book of Acts, they didn't ask when they dealt with things. Because they understood government was upon them. So, just tell. Just speak. So you see, we've inherited traditions in prayer that has got nothing to do with it. And to be honest, it, that the change requires the establishment of my faith. Because... I'm so used to it with ears long, but for your problem. Are you all understanding? Okay, so what does it mean to ask in his name? Let's, uh, let's just conclude here. What does it mean to ask in his name? What is his name? Son. To which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son? The name is Son. How did you get into the Son? Because he went to the Father, and by going to the Father, 
the spirit came and he brought the son to you but you cannot have the son without the father so you are in him and they are in you you are in the son and wherever the son is you are he is at the right hand of the father so for what so when you ask in his name you must ask from where in the position as a son not as a friend as a son in other words you must retrain yourself that whenever i talk to my father i talk to him as a son i i ask as a son and jesus has explained to me that the father when the son asks he will do it right so now you will say mike sind dat nog nie you have to continually now say father i know you are doing it i got to deal with my doubt that song i surrender well, i'm probably singing it wrong I'm on the wrong tune here right think of another one my doubt that the song that we sang i make room for you Say again. Years where I lay down every lie and every doubt. Father, I ask in your name. Then I'm thinking, is he going to do it? No. You see, Jesus said he will do it. That was the answer that the Lord gave me the one time when I said, when I said, Lord, I'm trying. I'm doing everything. I don't know what to do. Like, I've tried everything that you have taught me. What must I do? And the Bible, not the Bible, Jesus. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking and I'm talking to them. And the Holy Spirit says to me, "Why don't you ask Jesus? He will know exactly what to do in your shoes because He's the perfect Son." I say, "Yeah, okay." So I said, "Jesus, what would you do if you were in my shoes?" Die geld moes al vandag deur gewees het. My ex stress word hij geld. And then I got this answer immediately. He said, I would leave it with the Father because I know that the Father never fails. And it gave me peace. It gave me peace. So I left it. And, the, and you know when it's automated, it's the date, it's the date. It was, Friday was the date, Right? And nothing, and I was stressing, and nothing went off. I went Saturday, I saw there was no money, but nothing went off. Came Monday, I got up, the money was there, and then the money went off. See, the father knew, when he stressed, that can't just Monday happen. Right? Are you with me? You see, for him it is, this is it. If you ask, he will do it. If you ask, he will do it. And then what do you think? Then all you do is say, your word says, if I ask you, you will do it. Then you think again, then all you do is say, if I ask, you will 
do it. And then you think again. Then all you do is say, if I ask, you will do it. You will do it. You will do it. I stand. You are not heard for much words. You are heard for standing in faith. That's why you end your prayer with thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving establishes the faith that he will do it. Are you all with me? Okay. This week is a week of thanksgiving and praise. And establishing, right, that we are sons. And then what we ask the Father, he will do it. Right? And if you need to take your authority, declare, use the word, speak. Take up authority. Right? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Okay. So let's rise as sons. So don't pray like an orphan. Don't pray like a friend. Pray like a son. Someone who is loved by the Father. Okay? So, Father, we pray and we ask from a position in you as sons. This is a week where we give thanksgiving and praise to you. Father, we know that there is a resistance in the spirit that is a corporate resistance. And whatever we are facing, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever struggle, whatever there is, you as Father are so aware. You say you know what we ask, what we need before we even us. And there are some here, Father, that they don't need maybe bread on the table. They need healing. There are some here that don't need healing, but just need a breakthrough in their personal struggle. You are Father. Father, you are so aware of what we are facing. You care for us and we are worth more than the birds of the air and the grass of the field. We are worth more than them. We have value. And some of us just need to know that we are valuable. That we don't walk and feel like we are dirty trash. But we are valuable in your sight. We are worthy of your affection. So Father, we thank you for doing it for us. We thank you for doing it. We thank you. We thank you. Just begin to thank you. Let's just thank him. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We say thank you. You say if we ask, you will do it. Lord, we declare you will do it. You are doing it. You are doing the impossible. If you could come in the flesh and say with God, nothing is impossible, then surely you can do whatever we ask. 
you are doing it. We thank you for testimonies. We thank you for victories. We thank you for breakthroughs. We thank you for provision. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for answers. We thank you for direction. We thank you for love and affection. We thank you for touching our children. We thank you for working in our lives. We praise you because the victory is in you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you. Things that have been that have been delayed, we thank you for them. We thank you as a son, we know. And we ask from that position, from that position, we say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So, this week is a week of praise. It's a praise week. Glorify Him, magnify Him, bless His name. You know, speak to the enemy in the gates. Just, victory is ours. Amen? Amen? He will do it. Let's bring our offerings. Let's bring our offerings. <laughs>